the Powerful Nonsense Podcast. Learn everything you need to know to make a living outside the 9 to 5 grind and crush it at life. You'll learn from inspirational guests and in-depth discussions. Go from employee to entrepreneur and start creating a life you love and still pay the bills. So here are your hosts, Wayne Ingram and Jem Yildiz. Let's get on with the show! This podcast is sponsored by the University of Northampton, the first UK university to be awarded the Ashoka U Changemaker Campus status in recognition for their commitment to social entrepreneurship. So, I'll be honest, um, I love technology when it works, (laughs) but this is actually attempt number two of recording this episode. We do have technical difficulties every now and then. Every now and then, very rare. Even though we think we're pros. But... Things go wrong. Things go wrong. Things did go wrong. Royally wrong. No one to blame. No. Don't blame anyone. <laughs> um, but yeah, so... <laughs> this should be twice as good. It should, yeah, we, it should be twice as good. Because we've had a practice go, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> we were, it's a shame, because we were so pumped for that episode as well. I was loving it. I got to talk I thought it was so great. much. <laughs> and then we come to the end of a long day of recording, and no episode. Shocking performance, but we're back to do it again, to do it better. Yeah. We'll see what happens. The good thing is, is you don't know what the previous version was like. So you're not going to be able to compare and be like, yeah, actually the first time was better. Yeah, true. Although if this one is really bad, then maybe I'll be like, maybe we should just put out the first one. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, anyway. What are we talking about, Wayne? So we're talking about uh, credibility dilemmas today. Those dilemmas are happening. And kind of like that imposter syndrome kind of type thing, but also that whole kind of like, who am I to have this business or say this stuff or put this content out there and things like that. Actually, it's quite funny that this is being recorded today given we went for coffee this morning. We go for coffee most mornings, Wayne. But like, this actually kind of came up. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't know, actually, well, hang on. Sorry, I need to step back because... Really in. Intros. Yes. Because we've we got some new people <laughs> and I need to make sure that we're doing this. So, I'm Wayne Ingram. I'm Jim Yildiz. Great. So, um. <laughs> um, yeah, so for those that have been paying attention for a long time and tuning in, know that we kind of consume a lot of Gary Vaynerchuk stuff. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that keeps coming up from him of late is like... You know, he keeps kind of digging into, like, the people in their 20s, like us. Although you're not... Shh. all right. I shift into late 20s this year. <laughs> um, but the people in their 20s telling people, like, being life coaches or telling people how to run their business and things like that. Mm-hmm. And how he doesn't think that that's right and that they should go out and do the work. And so then I keep having this thing of being like, <gasps> maybe we're those people. But we're not those people. No. We're not those people because the point of this podcast and this show is to take you along our journey with us yeah. and teach you what we're learning along We're not the, the six-figure mentors. No. <laughs> no. Although, if you do want to know how to make six figures in a day, I'll send you my bank details. Just send me an email. Just pay me loads of money and I will teach you how. Because <laughs> I've never done it before. So, <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, so it's kind of that kind of thing of being like, well, who am I to 
say this sort of stuff, who am I to put that sort of content out there and, and guide people through any issues that they have, for yeah. example? I think it's a very different way to look at it. Though. I think in his sense, it's more about that whole life coaching thing and that business mentorship. Mm-hmm. But I think what we want to get across to you guys out there is actually if you have a skill, maybe you've gone to university and you've acquired certain skills and now you mm-hmm. want to go out there and actually become maybe self-employed or start a business around that skill, I think is a very different mentality. And I think um, even for me, when I was when I came out of university and I had my video making skills and graphic design mm-hmm. and whatever kind of skills, I think initially it's kind of building that self-esteem first of all. It's not like selling yourself. It's not kind of selling a life coach. It's actually a lot of people have skills that they've got, but because they've acquired them maybe through training, they're not quite sure on how to sell themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where I think this episode is going to be really useful for you guys because I think it'll kind of look into why you're maybe afraid to sell yourself or maybe you you haven't got that self-esteem yet to actually go out there and sell yourself. And I've I've had problems with this in the past and it kind of, and I'm going to share my experience. I'm sure Wayne's going to talk a little bit about where he's yeah. sort of, <laughs> this is a problem for you at the moment yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, okay, so actually, yeah, let's let's go into your story. Because mm-hmm. I know from conversations that we've had that you keep going up and down and up and down. You're very much on a high at the moment with the whole credibility Just thing. Just going straight up. You're kind of like, yeah, no, I, I, I know what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know there have been times, I mean, you've said so many times that there have been, there were days when you were starting out as self-employed uh content producer that you would actually start looking for jobs mm-hmm. could you talk about that yeah I think that was initially that comes from a fear it's kind of this idea that you know you've got good skills but you're worried about whether you can sell those to other people mm-hmm. and I think for me at the beginning especially when I came out of university I didn't know that it was possible to sell my services to like other people and so obviously like most people the first thought is actually I need to go get a job and so for me, it was kind of, even when I actually came out of university, even getting a job was difficult. So for me, a lot of the time as well, I was questioning whether I was good enough. Yeah, so you get these skills, you get an A in, mm-hmm. in your, whatever you get, an A maybe in your coursework or your dissertation or whatever you get, a B, a C, whatever you get. And I think that doesn't give you credibility in the real world because you can say, hey, look, here's my, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> here's my coursework that I got. It's a short film I made. And then you've kind of got to see how it applies to the real, the real world. Yeah. And I think when I came out, I was like, well, can I sell and send my short film to a marketing company or to somebody? Is it even going to be good enough? And I think for me, what was really useful is actually to build my confidence when I came out of um, university. It was actually to work for free, first of all. Mm-hmm. And I think working for free is really good because I think initially when you start out, you're really worried about whether your work's good enough. Yes. And so even though most of the time it usually is to a certain standard and people probably find it valuable, I think sometimes you need to convince yourself that you're good enough. Yeah. And when you work for free and you kind of do some sort of spec work here and there, it kind of gets you to test and gauge the feedback from people. Mm-hmm. So I went and did an internship, was for free, and I was doing content, photography, video, managing social media and before long you start getting feedback from people oh your work's great it's really good and that I think builds your confidence and I think initially with the whole credibility dilemma is just that I think people lack confidence in what they do they haven't got direct feedback that what they're creating is valuable and I think it is something that takes years and years to develop because even for me producing video content initially you kind of sell it really cheaply and I think that's another problem that people struggle with it's like Mm -hmm. you want to be self-employed but you're also nervous to sell your service or to charge a certain price and I think so because you're lacking that confidence or that self-esteem maybe you charge yourself too low yeah and then suddenly you realize that it's not viable now and maybe it is easier to go get a job because that person tells me what the salary is whereas it's mm-hmm. just that a lot of the time it might be your relationship around money that is kind yeah. of restricting how much you feel you're willing to charge 
I think people don't look at how much they've already invested their time into learning mm-hmm. certain skills. Well, I think a lot of it, when it comes, certainly comes down to like the pricing thing and how much your product, your skills, whatever is worth, um, is a lot of people go, okay, so I'm maybe not as skilled as all these other people, so how can I differentiate myself in the market? And so the first thing that goes is price. Mm-hmm. Which is like the worst. It's like what Seth Godin says, that race to the bottom if everybody's competing on price. But I do think as well, another thing to look at is the idea that you've got to think when you do a course, whatever course that is, there are a lot of people coming out of that degree pretty much on a level playing field. They might have two ones first, whatever degree they might have got. And I think nowadays, I think what's even more important, which kind of we spoke about, which kind of separates you from the rest and also helps you to promote yourself in a way is actually more of those softer skills like people want to work with people they like they want to work with yeah. people they trust yeah and i think it's really awkward to sell yourself when you walk into a meeting with someone or you pick up the telephone and you sound like you're not even convinced right. about yourself yeah like you sound like you're not sure if you can deliver and i think people read that straight away yeah and then also people on the other side of that you've got the people who hype themselves up so much oh. they're always putting out <laughs> we won't go too deep on no that. i know i know but you've got those people who kind of put out content all the time about how great they are and then you're like wait a minute maybe you're not as good as you are maybe that puts people off and uh-huh. i think it is a really it's a, like a balancing act to get it right Big but time. i think ultimately it's kind of really being confident in the product that you're delivering and sometimes that means actually getting some feedback first of all mm-hmm. there is something i wanted to touch on which i think is a really important key to this because i think we're it's, it's looking way further back, but I think a lot of when it comes to credibility, you've got to think we've all grown up where the way we gauge how good we are at something mm-hmm. is totally based on usually a grade. Yeah. So you've got to think a lot of when we're worried about whether we're good enough, it's usually because there's not a grading system after you've left university as well. So you're saying we should int- introduce a life grading system? Not really. I'm just, not at all. <laughs> What I'm saying is that ultimately we have been programmed in a way to know that our feedback on our performance is usually based on grades. Yes. And yes. that's been since you're a little kid to getting a tick, get, getting an A grade, oh. getting your... You get so upset when you got that cross. <laughs> exactly. Getting certain sort of degrees and stuff like that. And I think when you come out of university, there is not that sort of marking system it's more mm-hmm. and i think especially if you're self-employed you start business it's more feedback from your customers and then it's kind of like well if i don't have customers yet how do i know how good i am right and so i think it is that idea that remember that you are programmed that you're worried that you don't have credibility because mm-hmm. maybe you don't have the certificate or maybe you haven't been hired by that certain company or like you say if you're getting worried getting into that sort of comparison trap comparing yourself to other people who have mm-hmm. worked with better people than yourself mm-hmm. I think that's a dangerous way to be. So I think it's... Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, the closest thing that we have to a grading system, which is very flawed, is your bank balance, really. Yeah, which is a terrible way to look which at is how a successful... terrible, terrible way to gauge how valuable you actually are. Uh-huh. I mean, it's society's measurement of how valuable you are, but that doesn't necessarily mean that... Because there's so many variables as to actually well, why your bank balance is what it is. Um, versus actually whether or not you're any good. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I think you've got people out there who can sell themselves really well, which means they might have that higher bank balance. But I think at the right. same time, I think a lot of the creatives maybe out there who are doing work, whether it's creating art, 
being an actor, mm-hmm. creating videos, creating content, writing books and stuff like that, I think a lot of us suffer with that inner critic. Yes. And I think for yes. a lot of us, money has a really weird emotional attachment to us that so sometimes we're scared of how much we price. Mm-hmm. We're very sort of... But there's a fear of, um, if, you, if you're creative, there's a fear of selling out. Mm, that for one as well. thing. Um, but then if you're not a creative, there's that fear of... Um, is it, it goes down, really, I think, to that basic fear of rejection of somebody going, well, no, I'm not going to pay that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that, like with all rejection, it often says more about the other person than it does about you, I find. And so with the whole price thing, it's often more about their budget and how much they've put aside for that rather than actually how valuable your skills are because somebody that, that is convinced and knows what they can bring and doesn't really have this credibility credibility dilemma they'll be able to justify the extra price and the extra cost very very easily and again especially again we're going to talk about creators we're very vulnerable people sometimes Mm -hmm. i think a lot of the time you are worried like that when that person says i don't want to buy your service or that's too pricey we take it personal (laughs) Yeah. And I think sometimes you've got to realise that maybe the, the skill or the job you have, I mean, it's probably harder as an actor because you kind of are the product in a way, but when you're acting, it's separate to who you are as a person. Yes. So it's not about someone's just digging at you or you don't look right, you're not in the right shape or you're not saying it in the right way. And I think a lot of the time we take it so personally because we are so identified with what we do because yeah. it's a lot of our time. And so mm-hmm. I think sometimes it's also that idea. And I think what you were saying about like it being about the other person if they don't want your service yes sometimes it does come down to um price maybe Mm -hmm. that person just doesn't have the budget but i think sometimes as well be open to the feedback because the reason why i did do free work when i started out is because in a way i wanted to see where people were going to reject me because Mm -hmm. it might have meant that i didn't have a skill or maybe my what i was producing was not up to the right standard so sometimes actually if you can't sell to somebody and you find that you're maybe on the phone trying to sell or you're meeting people, going for meetings, going to networking events and everybody is not convinced by what you're trying to say or not even trying to convince, they just don't buy into what you do. Yeah. Maybe maybe you're just not, don't have much clarity in what you're actually offering. Maybe you're totally in the wrong field. Maybe nobody wants a HTML website coded for them anymore because they know, <laughs> because suddenly they know about WordPress or something wow. like that. So sometimes... <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's not about it's not about always thinking well it's their fault sometimes maybe what you're producing is no longer relevant to the market yeah and so that's another thing to kind of gauge as well yeah uh, right so we're about halfway through the episode it so goes so quick a good place <laughs> yes to pause thank sponsors and shiz and then come back we need to thank our sponsor the University of Northampton these guys have been great to us and great to you, because them sponsoring us means we can continue doing this, right? Yep. Right? So, uh, the University of Northampton uh, specialise in social enterprise. So, they're all about degrees, obviously, because that's what unis do. But they're also very, very interested in getting their graduates to set up businesses, particularly in the social enterprise space, which is all about business doing social good. So, if you're thinking, yeah, I want a degree but I also want to set my own business, then I highly recommend, we highly recommend, as alumni, that you check them out. So head over to northampton.ac.uk. All the information is there, and we'd like to thank them very much for their support of the show. So, guys, this is super cool. It is. This I'm is quite excited. super cool. So we're going to talk briefly about new media Europe 
Mm-hmm. New Media Expo coming to London. And guess who's going? Dan freaking Miller. We are. Oh, well, Dan Miller as well. Dan Miller Dan as Miller's well. Dan Miller's going to be there as well. <laughs> See, I thought you were going for the Dan Miller thing, but I mean, we're going as well, which is equally cool. Can I say more cool? Dan mm. Miller's not listening. <laughs> more cool. But Dan Miller actually one of the first podcasters I listen to in this sort of space. Me too. So I'm really excited. Uh, but yeah, we're going. We're going to be there on a panel. Mm. And many... I think we're allowed to say that, right? I think so. Well, if we weren't allowed to say it, we're sorry. But <laughs> we're we're going to be, be on a panel. We're going to be there uh, making the powerful nonsense presence felt. So excited. It's going to be great. But we want you to come. We want you to come. Please join please. us. Uh, so, if you want to get some tickets... Oh, also, hang on. Should we just Let tell them what it's, tell it's about? about because I missed that. <laughs> we'll get to tickets in a minute. Or maybe it's just enough to sell it that we're going. <laughs> we're going. Well, that's what I was kind of assuming. No, no. So, if you don't know what New Media Expo is, it's basically like the hub, the big conference of all like the media creators, like YouTubers, podcasters, um, digital coming together. media innovators using technology in right. amazing ways. Exactly. So it's all about that production of content in this new media world that we live in where social media is everywhere. Everyone's on social media. Everyone's got a blog or a vlog or a podcast. And, and kind of it's all that gathering of people getting some great, great value on how, that you, how you can develop your uh, passions through your business, media. whether you're an entrepreneur. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's so good. It's going to be so good. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, so, if it sounds like something that you think you might want to come along to, if you're looking to venture into YouTube, podcasting, anything like that, we can, we can get tickets. They're still available. So, if you want them, you can head on over to powerfulnonsense.com forward slash N-M-E-U. Yes, we'll put that on the screen. Okay, right. <laughs> N-M- November Mother Mother Echo Is it Mother? Echo Umbrella That'll do <laughs> It's Mike It's Mike November Mike Echo Uniform Uniform Powerfulmonsters.com forward slash N-M-E-U All ticket information's there Buy your tickets there It's going to be so good and I'm just, so excited As well Just to think about a networking opportunity That's going to be available there There's mm-hmm. going to be so many people So many people in the same Who are like-minded like yep. us Who are creative people So I think it's a great opportunity And we'd love you to join us And also There's actually an early bird offer going on now So you can actually get your tickets discounted So get in there fast Yes Well said, Jim Well said Talking new media mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Right Back to the show Welcome back You stayed <laughs> <laughs> So we're talking credibility and credibility dilemmas mm-hmm. and like no like the the self battle yes of whether or not you're good enough to be doing whatever it is that you're choosing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've talked about that internal struggle, but let's now talk about things that we might be able to do in order to gain the credibility in a very outward way that might then help tackle some of those issues and also any of the things that you're probably thinking in your head well they're not going to choose me because i haven't got this Mm -hmm. yeah i think well there's two different options i think i think ultimately you can go get those courses you can go Mm -hmm. because there are a lot of nowadays if you go and look at job boards or something like that you can see all the things that certain companies expect from you Mm -hmm. a lot of the time if you're self-employed i don't think people actually look into those too much i think when it comes to good point actually 
I really, yeah, I generally it's don't really think that. I think when you're going, when you're self-employed and you're selling yourself as a business, I find that people generally want to see the maybe the portfolio. Who yeah. have you done work with? Um, what kind of work have you produced? Have you got any examples of it? And I think that's where sometimes people say, well, how necessary is a degree if that, this is becoming quite important? We already know that there's certain companies now that are actually... Not even looking at They're not looking at degrees. I think Penguin was one of them. Ernst & Young, I think, was another mm-hmm. one who aren't looking at degrees nowadays. And I think it's because they want to see, actually, what have you produced? Because it's nice to say on paper you can do a certain thing, but actually, how have you now transferred that into value for an actual business in a business setting? Mm-hmm. And so, for me, I think, especially if you are starting a business or you have a service... I think it's about leveraging maybe other people's brands just so that you could be associated with them yeah. so that people then don't need that paper credibility or that yeah. degree credibility. And I think for me especially, like I was lucky enough that when I was working 9 to 5, um, I met a lady who actually moved on to another job and she was at O2. And so actually what happened is there that she actually pulled me in to do work with her at O2 And now suddenly I can now have that credibility where I can say, well, actually, I've done video content or create content for O2. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, that that came luckily for me. I didn't really plan that. But this is something that somebody else could plan in a way if they want to. Because nowadays, when I say I do video content for O2, it suddenly gives me such credibility that people aren't asking, oh, what did you get in your degree? They're just saying, hey, if O2 are going to hire you, then we know you've got something. And I think you can, in there, there's so many different ways where you can kind of, hack this in a way it's kind of like going back to the whole idea about free i mean if you're going to offer certain services like yourself i think you're looking to go into speech like mm-hmm. um helping people with talks and yeah. speech work and stuff like that and for me if it was me somebody if it was me again starting out where i wanted to get credibility in the sort of digital marketing space or, or uh, media production or content production it's about finding the companies that are known in that space mm-hmm. and maybe it is you just produce some for them for free say hey i realize you've got this event coming up Can I film the event for free and I'll put together like a highlight reel or I've created these social marketing um, images that I want that might be useful for you to share. Or here's a blog post I wrote based on that talk that you did at this event. Mm -hmm. And before long, you might produce this content for free for people. They might think, wow, that's great. That person went all out of their way to produce this content. They might end up putting that blog post on their website. They might use that video and promotion. And so they weren't a direct client of yours because they weren't paying you. But actually now you can go put that on to, when you go to meetings with people, you can be like, oh, well, last week I was filming for X, whoever that company is. And that might be enough leverage to actually get you that business with that that new company, mm-hmm. really. And so I do think there's, nowadays there's so many options for that available. We know with social media, you can contact or you can at least find who these influencers are in the space that you want to get into. Mm-hmm. And so you could use that as a way to sort of hack your way in to get that credibility. Mm-hmm. So a question that's coming to my mind that people mm-hmm. might have is, so you've got this internal battle. You're not necessarily thinking, okay, let's, let's, talk, let's talk price, okay? So mm-hmm. you're just starting out. In fact, you're even after your first client, mm-hmm. okay? You're after your first client, so you've never done this before. Mm-hmm. You've got the skills, you know you've got the skills, but nobody else knows you've got the skills because you've not never had a client. Yeah. How do you tackle that one? Ultimately, first, I would just go after people that I would love to have as a client. Mm-hmm. Or people just maybe a little bit lower on that rung that you think are more available. Like if you're wanting to go into the speaking space or you want to go in the vocal training space, you're not going to go straight for Anthony Robbins. You might go for somebody who's... Yeah, he said no. Oh, he said no. <laughs> <laughs> but you might go for other, like maybe you just want to work with CEOs, so maybe you know yeah. that somebody's getting into doing talks or they've got presentations that they share on LinkedIn. You say, I'm sure you must have 
done a talk on this in your in a meeting. I'm offering coaching. I think a good way initially when you have zero clients is and you're trying to build your confidence and you're just trying to get those sort of referrals or at least quotes or references from people, just go lead with like free. If you've got no mm-hmm. customers initially, mm-hmm. but all you need is that in because if you do a service with them, maybe you give them 30 minutes for free or an hour for free or you write that blog post for free, if it's good, it speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. And I think so many people are worried that, okay, I can't do work until I'm getting paid. But if, you're, if you have no clients, you've got time on your hands, you might as well work with some people because if you do the work, it, it turns out really good. It's like showing them the product before they've had to invest. Right. And because of that, they're way more likely to actually think, wow, that was a great experience I had with Wayne. I'm going to definitely book him in again. Or sometimes you've got the whole, uh, repro- what's the word again? Reciprocity? Yes, that word, which is bloody hard to say. <laughs> Boldly as well, like if you go and help somebody, suddenly they feel like maybe they owe you something back and maybe they say, actually, I've got this project coming up. Or maybe they're in a meeting with somebody else mm-hmm. two weeks later mm-hmm. and that person's saying, oh, yeah, I really find it awkward in presentations to do speaking mm-hmm. and I will slip up and stuff like that. And maybe they're like, oh, I just did a training session with Wayne. He's a great guy. And they pass your card mm-hmm. over. So... You gotta imagine that these things happen too. Okay, but then we then we enter another another thing, right? <laughs> With that, the whole the, doing, doing it for free, yes, right? Because law of reciprocity, right? Yeah. Um, do you not think that that might therefore be this sort of, uh, as Art of Charm would say, almost covert contract kind of thing, where where really you're going in and offering it for free, not to deliver value, but because you want to sell. Do you get what I'm saying? As in going free because, and then like an upsell, like I'm free and then I'm, it's yeah. like you're part is of that, your sales is that pitch. A, is that an issue? Like is the, is the free thing part of the sales pitch or or is it just I'm delivering the value I'm and then I've delivered the value, see you later, and if you book me, you book me? I think you can look at it two ways. I think initially, I think when you're doing that free, it is because you want that credibility, you want those references and mm-hmm. also... You want some self-esteem because you don't know if you're good enough. And if someone's paying for you and you're worried that you're not going to deliver, you're just going to be so nervous and you're going to just mess up, really. So I think initially free means you've got that flat that ground where you don't feel like there's an expectation that's too high because mm-hmm. then you yeah you can deliver. And if you, if you aren't that good, you don't feel too bad because you haven't taken any money. So initially it might be to build... Um, build that confidence. Mm-hmm. What was the question? To move transition... Oh, whether yeah. you're upselling. Yeah, yeah. I think is a good way to do things initially because ultimately if someone feels that you've invested and you've gone well further out of your way to do something that most people, it's like when you get any kind of emails of services that people provide, they're like, hey, go here and buy. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think this way shows that you've actually got a real investment and there's mm-hmm. certain things you can do that show that you care a lot more than just, hey, here's a 15-minute free da-da-da. Mm-hmm. So, well, I suppose if I could frame it from my perspective. Yeah. So I'm thinking of going into uh, performance coaching. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's specifically I'm looking at business people. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm thinking of doing a 15, 30-minute free consultation type thing, yeah. right? My thinking is that I should go in and I should get them to do what I need them to do, analyse where, where work needs to be, mm-hmm. and then delivering to them this is what, I can do, mm-hmm. this is what I can deliver, mm-hmm. um, because these are the problems that you have that we need to look at. Yeah. Or should it be that instead I'm going in and going, right, here are a couple of exercises that you can do to solve those problems. We can go into more depth if we do more 
Do you see what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. It's kind of like, do you kind of tease them with the possibility or do you just give right. everything? Yeah. My idea is always, I always lead with as much value as possible. Sometimes I go away thinking I could have charged for that. So if I meet someone for the first time and I just meet them for a coffee and we get chatting, I'll end up telling them everything they should do. I give them like a whole digital strategy at the end. They're bloody right. like, they're so blown away that they cannot help, but they feel like they have to work with me. Right. So I find it's kind of like sneak. It becomes that kind of sneaky. I always feel like ultimately when you're wanting to do business with someone, have their best interest at heart. If that was you, how would you be hoping that they would turn up to you? Like, mm-hmm. I would just give everything. I would be saying, this is what you need to work on. Go home and do these exercises. Lead as if it's that last time you're ever going to see that person again. Mm-hmm. And because of that, you're going to give, you're going to treat them in a, such a nice way and do everything for them. And if it doesn't turn out and they don't become a client, never mind. But you've shown that you value what you do to the point that you will give as much value as possible. And I know this is a debate. It is definitely mm-hmm. one of those yeah, things yeah. where people say, well, should you, should you tell too much? And I think nowadays, look, people, like when we say that the soft skills are so important, people are so people are so used to people trying to be that kind of sleazy upsell. Mm-hmm. They're so used to that. So when someone comes to them and actually generally wants to do more than they could ever imagine, that builds so much trust. And they're the people that end up wanting to work with you because you have gone so out of your way to do, mm-hmm. to help them. So I always think that like, yeah, deliver as much value as you can. Treat them like they're already your client. Mm-hmm. Treat them like they're your bloody sister or your mum or your grandma or whoever you want because they're going to connect with you so much better and you're just yeah. going to have... And then they're going to convert to a client, ultimately. Yeah, which then is then going to boost your self-esteem, which is then going to build, build your trust in yourself um, and your trust in your skills. And then, therefore, um, you're going to be able to justify to yourself mm-hmm. why you can charge as much as you can. I went in for my first uh, client. I went in thinking guy's probably going to haggle with me how much do i need for it to be worth my while and then i upped it by about uh, a third the price expecting him to haggle bit my hand off and then i was like damn i could have charged an, an, another half of that on top and he probably still would have said yes um but now like but the reason i went in that high was because i expected him to haggle i actually wanted lower because i didn't feel i could justify the price mm. Whereas now I'm going, well, actually, no, that's my baseline price now. Mm-hmm. And actually, I could probably afford to go higher up. Pricing is just a whole different thing. It's such a, it's a such an emotional thing, I think. It's yeah. never about, like, I think most people price based on maybe comparing it against other people's prices. People don't price based on that expected future value to that person. Some things you can't even put a price on these people who do, like, relationship coaching. Like, yeah. how can you put a price on finding someone you love and right. you spend the rest of your life yeah. with? How can you... Uh, put a price on actually being able to deliver a, pres- a presentation to your business that gets everybody motivated to then work harder. You don't know what the direct output that is. And I think pricing is a whole different ball game. And I think it does come from confidence in what you do, mm-hmm. ultimately. And it is just kind of testing, would someone, does someone willing to pay that? Maybe it does take you to go free, cheap, a little bit more expensive, right. and you upgrade the clients. And maybe that's the journey you need to go on before you're, you feel that you can, you're capable of charging those prices. Mm-hmm. But ultimately... If you genuinely believe in what you do and you mm-hmm. feel that you deliver value mm-hmm. and you've got a track record of proving that value, then I think really a lot of the credibility dilemma comes to you. It's a personal thing. Mm-hmm. Externally, you've probably got the skills, you've got everything else, but it's actually when you're in that room with that person or when you're at that meeting or when you're creating your blog post, do you generally believe that you have value, mm-hmm. you can deliver value? And you've yeah, I think mm-hmm. it is something that's way more emotional than we think and I think that's what holds back a lot of creatives it's like wow 
a lot of what we do is we put our heart into our work. We really yeah. want to connect with people. And if, if we are being in those meetings and we are delivering all the value we've got and we're showing who we are and we want people to know that we care for you mm-hmm. and they still say no, that can hurt. But mm-hmm. at the same time, just remember, it's not always about you. It yeah. could be where they're at in their life. And maybe, like I said yesterday, I got a call from somebody who I haven't, I met at an event six months ago and then he remembered me and he said, oh, I remember having a chat. You seem like a friendly guy. I need somebody to do video production work. And suddenly he's now a client of mine. Right. And it's kind of those sort of things like maybe at that moment it was a no, but in the future if they remember you, it might be a yes. And I think mm-hmm. these little things here and there build that. You're, they build your confidence. When I realize someone, when somebody wants me to be a client, um, to do work for them, it builds my confidence. And when maybe I get rejected, I just remember, well, at, at the moment, all these people are paying me to do this. So mm-hmm. I think sometimes looking at going back to people who have done work with you helps you to kind of reinforce that confidence because it is an emotional game sometimes. Yeah. And just before we start wrapping up, yeah, I do want to address the, let's say, because there are some of our listeners, mm-hmm. I'd in fact probably say most of our listeners are probably sidepreneurs rather than entrepreneurs mm-hmm. um, because the transition can be tough for some people. I'm still a sidepreneur. So there are the people still doing the nine to five. Some of them may even have chosen they just want to stick with the nine to five, mm-hmm. and that's perfect for them. So let's let's talk about the whole: Am I being respected at work? Am I getting paid enough? I want to get a pay rise, kind of thing. And that whole: Well, hang on, who am I to go in and ask for a pay rise? I think when it comes to pay rise... Just because I want to cover the non-entrepreneur people because I think that we do have a few of them and I know we've been So is this for people who probably... Self-employed or... Uh-huh. So is this for people who are in a job, mm-hmm. they feel they're delivering value but they don't maybe feel they're getting paid for what they're... Yeah, they bringing. feel like they're, they're delivering more value ne- than they've necessarily been paid. Mm-hmm. But So they want to go in for the pay rise. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time... But at the same time, they're like, well, hang on, who am I to ask for a pay rise? Am I, good? I think as well, I think people, again, when it comes to pay rise, people make it such an emotional issue. Mm-hmm. They think, oh, it's me and the boss and, oh, my God, like, they make it so personal. It's never nothing to do with being personal. It's always about the value that you as a service or what you do for that business, how much it brings to the company. A lot of companies know this figure. They know how much having an employee is worth to the company. And so maybe if you if you know your numbers as well, you know the value or maybe maybe the value is hard to see. Like There are always figures and stats mm-hmm. and stuff available. And obviously a businessman is looking at it. They're not looking at you. They're looking at a spreadsheet that says, well, you brought in this much money or you brought this much value to the company. If you come in with that and then say, look, there's my pay. I want a little hike up five grand, 10 grand more. To, to the company, to a good businessman, they're going to say, well, actually, you have been performing better. And you, you, I can see it here on the paper, so it makes no sense. And it's not emotional, it's not them rejecting you. And maybe it is that they're, maybe they might be a stingy boss and they're really tight-fisted. But I find a lot of the time that actually if you, like, just stick to your guns, you've got the, you've got the actual facts, you've got the stats on how much value you bring, there's, like, no reason for them to say no if it makes mm-hmm. sense. And even if they, if they, if they say no eventually, just leave and you'll find another job. If, you're, if you bring value and now you've got that piece of paper that said, look, I raised this by how much percent or whatever. Yeah, I think, again, pay rise is another one of those things. Mm-hmm. Money is such an emotional thing and it's quite sad. I just think- and I think it's linked so much to people's credibility, uh, their own view of their credibility. Yeah. And that's, that's why I think it's been such a focus of this episode yeah. is that I think so many people judge their worth based on 
as we said at the beginning, their bank balance. Yeah, I think it's a really strong point that we mentioned. You mentioned right at the beginning is that idea that as soon as you graduate, the next gauge of your credibility is your money, and it's something that people then is such a big part of our lives. Most mm-hmm. people are in that fear around money. So yeah, I do think it is. Yeah, I think you you need a massive self confidence in what you do and, and mm-hmm. self belief in what you do and know the value of what you do, and then I think money stops becoming such a hurdle. Yes, I'd agree. Right. So I feel like that's a good place to wrap up mm-hmm. and we're pretty much on time. Awesome. So we're going to leave it there. Uh, if you have any thoughts on the episode, please leave a comment on YouTube or on social media. Let us know. Hit us up. Um, and also hit those subscribe buttons on YouTube, iTunes or both and leave us some thumbs up and reviews. We will love you. <laughs> Thanks very much for tuning in, guys. And we'll catch you next time. See you later.